Welcome to the Intuitively Guided Podcast. My name is Holly Knicken, and I'm an intuitive healer, a Reiki master, and a love of all things that have to do with our body, mind, spirit, and soul. I'm on a mission to bring awareness to our mental well-being and how we're all connected, how what we focus on, we attract more of that into our life, and how your energy and vibration is everything. You are way more powerful than you even know. You have the ability to heal yourself within with the right tools, mindset, nutrition, and knowledge. If you are looking to take full responsibility and create the life of your desires, you have showed up in the correct spot. My intention for this podcast is to give you the tools, resources, and stories that can inspire you, motivate you, and give you what you need in order to give you lasting change. I believe to live your fullest life, you have to clear out the garbage, which is your past difficulties you've experienced in life in order to create the life of your dreams. I am so excited that you are here with me today. So let's click that like and follow button so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. Now let's get started. So I'm so excited. Today I have Erin Daly on with me today. And today we're going to get her story and what she's been through. I think she's very inspiring for a lot of women, especially if you've ever been through a similar situation. I'm going to give her the floor over. Just I want her to share her story. She's better at explaining what she's been through because I know it can inspire so many women out there that have maybe been through the same or similar situation. So Erin, would you like to take the floor? Sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm of super excited. Um, yeah. So my name's Erin. I'm a full-time teacher. I've been teaching for about 15 years now, elementary school. So I've got a very busy life. I also have a five-year-old in like two weeks. Wow. Um, yeah. A couple of years ago. Yep. Yeah, um, I did go through a separation and eventual divorce. So I'm in the process right now of doing the co-parenting, the single mom, working mom, trying to figure all of that out. Um, In terms of my relationship, we were together for about 10 years. Um, We went through, well, I shouldn't say we went through because it kind of broke us, the infidelity piece um, shortly after my son was born. And yeah, so now we're just kind of navigating those waters, um, figuring out where that that life is going to take you now in that new step. (laughs) Oh, wow. Like that's something really hard to go through. So do you want to share with us like what happened? You guys were married and then you had a child. Yeah, Uh, sure. Um, So I think I want to preface this conversation, obviously, with I'm going to try and give him as much respect as possible. Um, We don't have the best relationship right now. And that actually is part of when I say the healing piece of it, of figuring out how to do that co-parenting piece with someone who's pretty much broke your heart and changed the trajectory of your life. Um, Yeah. So we met in the very early stages of my teaching career. um, And actually we went through some trauma right at the beginning of our relationship, which looking back on it now, set kind of the tone for our roles in our relationship. Um, And obviously in that time, you don't really notice those things, but we went through a pretty traumatic situation within our school. And I like to think back then it brought us closer together. Um, But there's also questions about how you are in that relationship once it starts in a very traumatic way. Um, So we were together for, oh goodness, I don't even remember now how long, I don't know, four years before we got married, maybe, and then another four years, and then we had our first child. Um, We're both teachers, so we are in the same sort of education world. We, um, that's what sort of brought us together. We are both elementary school teachers and loved our jobs. Um, And yeah, so when we got married, it was very much just the two of us, and we were happy about it, um, as far as I know. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I will say having our son definitely changed the relationship. Um, I was never like gung ho. Yeah, let's have a baby. And like, I was never really on that path of, you know, I knew motherhood was for me. I kept it in sort of the abstract. Um, 
which looking back on it, maybe had some impact for sure on how, when he did come into the world, how it changed our relationship and how we um, communicated. And looking back on it now, it was definitely a time where we had never really had a whole bunch of troubles. We were just two people living life, doing the couple thing, married and before. So we didn't have that kind of push or reason to work on our relationship. It was never something that we felt needed that work of staying connected. Um, And I think that led into us having a child and eventually sort of impacted what happened in terms of once our son came into the world and the sleepless nights and to, um, working dad and mom trying to figure things out. And I think as I know, most of your listeners are probably moms and recognizing when you have a baby, your whole world just goes. Oh, I know you'll never be prepared. Like as much as people tell you, you never, until you experience it, you just never. yeah. Yeah. And I was so lucky. I mean, I didn't have any postpartum in like the true, like traditional ways it was just mm-hmm. adjusting to being mom. Um, he slept pretty well besides the first few months where it was like, Oh gosh, like, wow. <laughs> I realized that that's why they say sleep deprivation is a form of torture. Like I, yeah. I get it. Um, but yeah, so those things were, you know, regular kind of life. And, um, I think once he went back to work and trying to adjust back into that, okay, what does life look like now? It really took a toll on um, sort of how we were. And because we had set kind of our roles in our relationship before and looking back on it for sure in my head, I had him put in this box of, you know, who he was and what he did, um, things like that. And then once we had a baby, that kind of image of him, I don't want to say it came second, but all of a sudden I had this little child who just depended on me and that became my priority and our relationship kind of just, I don't want to say it grew apart, but it definitely fizzled simply right. because, you know, like most relationships, you have to figure out where that new form is. But what ended up happening was by the time I was, you know, <laughs> figuring life out and thought I was doing really well and, you know, we were trying to figure it out, I already found out there was someone else in the picture. Um, and someone in the picture that's was before the picture, like before the baby, that person was already present in our lives. And, um, at first it was like, I'm a new mom. I'm living in this little like bubble. I, I can't see past my bubble of wake up, (laughs) feed the baby, entertain the baby, you know, like then my husband comes home and try and figure that stuff out. And it was just definitely 2020 hindsight. We'll say for sure. Can I ask how, how did you find out? Did you have a gut feeling or? Yes. Yes. So, and that's what I really, um, which is why we, you and I connected, I think, because you're very much about manifestation, intuition. And I think all along I've had this kind of intuition in my life, like things happen Mm-hmm. And I always say to myself, oh, I was just thinking about that like yesterday, or I was thinking about that like a couple months ago and now it's happening. Like, you know, it just, it would always kind of creep in. Mm-hmm. And then once I had my baby, it kind of just ramped right up, you know, but then it was the balance of like, okay, is this like postpartum? Is this those like thoughts where you are worried and you're just being paranoid or is there actually something there? Right. Um, so I think it was about, oh gosh. So this is another thing, which you probably have heard of. It's sort of when you go through trauma and you go through really emotional kind of like stuff, you have these blocks, right? And yes. I still have a fair amount of those of, and time is definitely one of them. Um, so yeah, I had a feeling something was up. Um, and I communicated that, you know, I said, you know, like we're really in a place where maybe we need to be focusing on us and trying to figure out where we are and, you know, of course I was told, oh, you're crazy. Oh, you're being paranoid. You're overthinking things. Like I wasn't. Um, so it was, it was not long. I think I was still on mat. I had just gone back to work actually. So it was about 13 months. So my child was pretty young where I started having these feelings that this isn't right. Like, and actually I kind of, and looking back again, there were some kind of red flags early on that, I was either 
choosing not to see or just wasn't in the, you know, emotional, mental capacity to handle them, to process? I mean, I remember my first year from what I remember, I was barely there. Yeah. (laughs) And And I've heard your story and it's much more traumatic than mine. And that's why I say like, I knock on wood. I had the best baby. Like this is like, he was a good sleeper, a good eater. Like he wasn't sick. He wasn't colicky. Like for a first time baby, Mm -hmm. I had a really good experience. I, you know, really good, um, start. It was definitely, you know, the baby situation was fine. It was the relationship that was just taking a toll. And, you know, we, I'd had these conversations a few times of like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm feeling this way. Can we talk about this? Or I need this you know, where, you know, where are you in that? And every time it was just shut down, like, I'm crazy. I can't believe you're saying that that's ridiculous, you know, and whatever. So where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I just like the form of like gaslighting or manipulation like that. And you're just a new mom. So you're like, am I crazy? Like I could, I, I'm just trying to think of like, if I was in that situation, how my mind would be like, Oh, I must be just making this up. What's wrong with me? Like, yeah. And that's part of, I I was at the beginning and I thought that communicating it and saying it out loud and having the conversations, it would be like, my inner dialogue was like, no, he's going to say, what can I do to make you feel better? Or what do you need? Right. Like, didn't happen. So those are red flags in itself, right? Like right then I was like, Hmm, this isn't, you know, the person I married or this isn't the person I usually talk to, like what's going on here. So, you know, we had a few conversations about it and different things when things would come up. Um, and then things started just to snowball. It was just, and this is where if you've had trauma in your past, it will repeat itself. Right. (laughs) Yes. Right. We've talked about this. You say it on your podcast quite a bit. Like it cycles. If you don't learn the lesson, it's going to come back in a new way. Hello, and I'm so excited you're here with me. I just want to step in here for a second and tell you about the course that I'm launching in January. And I want you to be a part of it because I know because you listen that you're looking to change your life. And this is the course for you. This course, we're going to dive deep into like your healing journey, limiting beliefs, self-love, energy, vibration, and then into manifesting. I absolutely love manifesting. And the key thing that I see why people can't manifest is because they're not working on themselves. They're not working on their energy, their vibration, and they haven't done the healing journey. And so this is going to be a group program where I go in depth into these um, modules where I teach you things and so if you're tired of struggling and you're like you know what I want life to be easier I'm telling you this course is for you because life doesn't have to be a struggle and I'm not going to say it's always going to be easy however when obstacles come your way you're going to have a different perspective and you're going to look at them way differently instead of poor me oh why is this happening to me you're going to look at life and be like oh my goodness I'm observing this why what do I need to do to change this from happening again it's going to connect you to source energy, connect you with the universe. So click the link in the show notes to get over there and get in before it's too late. This program starts in January and there is going to be a limited space. So, um, and I want you there and I know you're there. This could be the start of a whole new year starting in January. It could be your new year's resolution to get on board and keep you accountable. So I can't wait to see you in the course. This is the part that like, I don't really, I'm not very public about, I do have a sibling. I don't really, I don't talk to him. I haven't talked to him since before my son was born. So over five years, he's got a lot of mental health issues. There's been drugs involved, lots of family dynamics that are, have been navigated and all seem to navigate the first year I had a baby. So it was like, oh. yeah, it was a lot. So we, you know, I'm starting to see the resemblance of the behaviors. So I am like right now we're working on, you know, trying to look at those and handle them differently. What, you know, where is my role in this and Mm -hmm. where's my boundary? Where's that healthy boundary, which we can come back to for sure. But 
in that it was bringing a lot out. So as I was definitely thinking, oh, okay, well, this person is too close. Like I, am I being that new mom? Mm -hmm. But I wasn't. And I went looking and when you go looking, you find things. And the things I found were definitely there. It was over the limit for me. And for a long time. And this is the part that people have asked me about, like, what did you do? Like when you found these things, like, what did you do? And I literally shut down because I was like, I don't know what to do. Like I am married to this person who I thought was going to be my best friend who was going to support me, all this stuff. And now he is staying at hotels with other women or another woman. Like what is going on here? Like I, so there was a lot of things that I found. And you know what? Honestly, if you have that inclination that it's happening, it probably is. Like, and whether it's emotional or whether it's physical, there's something there that you have you're not comfortable with. And I remember having two conversations with him. And one of the conversations was, I need this to happen. Can you do this? And the first one was, you're crazy. I can't believe you're even thinking this. It was that type of thing. The next conversation was, this is where the boundary is. This is where my line is. Can you do that? And he didn't choose me. So I knew this is where I need to choose me and do what I need to do. Um, And that was over about a five, six month process. It was, it was really hard. We're both teachers. And so from June until August, that summer of 2019 was Mm -hmm. the worst summer of my entire life. Um, We went and actually, I will tell you, there was a breaking point because we went on a family trip. um, I think it was June or July. I can't remember that year. Mm -hmm. um, And my cousin was getting married and my entire family was there. It was the first time we'd been together in, I don't know, years And Boone was going with us, my son, and it was his first plane ride. It was like full of all these supposed to be really good memories. Well, we were already in this kind of like, what's going on? Like I had found a few things. We'd had a few conversations and yet we still went on this trip. And what I found on that trip were texts, pictures, you know, all those things where your world, you just feel like your world just pulls out from underneath you. Right. That's a horrible feeling. Right. And I was away on this family trip and I knew in that very moment, I can't say anything. I can't say anything because my entire family, it was my family is here. If I say one thing, this whole trip is a disaster. We're all living in, we were living in a B Airbnb with my parents and my aunt and uncle and my cousins were down the street. It was just So I lived that week knowing that when I got back, it was going to be like a make it or break it kind of situation. And Mm -hmm. it was tough. And then we ended up living together for almost another eight months while we went through the separation process while he was out dating. I don't even know what you call it. Like having an affair when. How do you, how, like, I'm, I'm just like, I. I don't, I don't, you are like, I am always about kind and compassion, but in that moment, when you, like someone has done that, how do you live with them? I can understand, like, you have to heal to get over it, but in that moment, you have just been, like, you're in trauma, you're in the moment. I don't think I could have done that, lived with him Um, for eight months. Yeah, some days, I'm not really sure. Like, and I even look back at that time and I'm like, I don't like, that's what I mean. Like the emotional blocks that I have are from that time because yeah, you, like I knew mentally I was done, right? Like, I think what the real kind of moment for me, and I mean, I went to a conference in September and I actually at that point had been living in like, oh, nobody knows, like no, but like, I don't know what's going on. Like it just living in my own little world, my own little, oh, like yeah. personal bubble. nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where I was like, I don't, I don't want to talk to anybody about it. I don't want to say anything like, because when at first I was like, Oh, this is going to be a bump in the road. 
we're going to be okay. We're going to like do what we need to do to get back on track. And, you know, there was that time, but eventually you do get to that point where it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, well, if you're not choosing me, then, uh, then we're done. Right. So that was that conversation. I came back from um, a conference in September and actually there was a friend there and I spent three days basically crying with her at that conference because I knew she was telling me things that were happening that I wasn't privy to because, and this is the part where someone listens to this and knows my story, they're going to know what happened and that's okay. But um, I do try and be very respectful of the story and just talk about facts. Mm -hmm. Um, So that way I'm not putting my own personal opinion on it, but what was happening, they were having their relationship at work. They were working together. So their relationship was being seen by other people. And because we're in the educational world, there was a lot of people that knew about what was going on and didn't want to talk to me about it because they didn't know what I knew. So Uh. when you start thinking about relationships and you start thinking about your friendships and you think about all the people that are in your life. And actually it was interesting. I was listening to a podcast this week about the people who show up for you when you're in trauma and it's not always the people you think are going to, Mm -hmm. um, which I, which happens. So true. Right. Like they were talking about like the shallow people and then the deep end people. You think the deep end people are going to show up for you. They're going to give you what you need. But oftentimes it's those shallow pool people where you don't hang out with them quite as much, but they show up for you. And those were the people that were showing up for me, but I had to reach out. That was the thing. And that was really hard for me because I'm very much a person who's private about their life to some degree. Um, I was, let's be honest, the idea of shame all over it in the beginning, right? Like, am I not pleasing my husband? Am I actually that nagging wife that he's saying? Am I that crazy person he's telling people I am? Like, all that was on me at the beginning. Um, But then even if that is happening, I remember someone said to me, even if you were the worst wife in the world, that is the most, that's the worst form of respect ever. That is the most disrespectful thing that you can do to somebody. If you're not happy, do what you can and then leave or leave, whatever, you know, when you have that relationship going on with someone else, and you're putting all these other people in a tricky situation, too. It's really hard to navigate all those relationships of what does the wife know? What does the husband know? Like, what's this girlfriend and boyfriend, whatever, right? Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's completely unfair. Um, But, you know, those people showed up for me. And I was informed of more things that were happening. So it gave me some sort of kind of like, okay, I'm going to go home and have this conversation and we're going to get this nailed down of if we're sticking together or we're not. And like where, you know, I need to figure out what I'm going to do here because I have a kid and I don't want him growing up in a relationship with parents that are either not showing him how to be the best models of a relationship. You know, I mean, I wanted it to work, obviously. Right. I had no real family that had ever been divorced that I was close enough to. So it was not modeled for me. It was just looked at as this this like horrible failure that you had. And I didn't want that on my plate, but I also wanted to be with someone who chose me and that wasn't happening. So I did, I went home after that conference and we had a really, you know, this is what I need. Can you do it? And he basically said, no. So I knew right then that, okay, well, he's not in this anymore. I'm like number three on his list now and I should be number one. Right. So I ended up going to a lawyer. Lots of people don't like going to lawyers, but um, there's lots of different ways you can do it. I went to a lawyer because I needed to know my, my options here. Like, what am I allowed to ask him to do? What am I not allowed to do? What should I prepare myself? Like I needed, I'm an information seeker. I needed all the answers. So I went and I said, you know, like, tell me what I need to do. This is a situation. If I do this, what happens? Um, Can I do this or whatever? So I got all the information and it gave me actually a little bit of power in that way. I knew what I could do. And one of the things was I couldn't ask him to leave. And if you go to a lawyer, they can give you the ins and outs of like all the laws and things, right? Like, so I knew I couldn't ask him to leave. He he had every legal right. It was our house. He could stay there. I couldn't kick him out. And in Canadian law, this is the part that I was so angry about. In Canadian law, you can pretty much sleep with anyone and it's not 
you know, a reason for anything else to happen in your separation other than irreconcilable differences or whatever, right? Like it's, it's shocking. Like it, that for me was shocking. Like yeah. It, like <laughs> that, that is yeah. shocking. Right. Cause we see all these things on TV that like, Oh, you cheated on me. I'm going to take him for everything he's worth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not reality. Like it's not. Um, so yeah, so I went to a lawyer, I got everything I need, the information. Um, and then I went home and in a couple of weeks, I think it was like, that was October, the end of October, we had another full out, like, what are we doing here? Like, cause I was waiting for him and looking back on it, I was like, oh, I actually kind of get mad at myself about that. It's like, I was still giving him that power to decide what was happening in our relationship. Like that, that's the part I look back and I'm like, mm, no. I already knew what I was going to do. Why was I waiting for him? But, you know, when you want a relationship to work, sometimes you do things that you have to just forgive yourself and give yourself grace and move on. Like you've never been through that situation. So you Mm -hmm. never know how to navigate it. Right. So that when I ended up retaining a lawyer and gave him the letter and all through this process, like, when do I give him the letter? I still have to live with him. He's going to be so angry at me. And like, do I give it to him at work or like before work or, Oh, it was like, so (laughs) it was just, so anyway, so we, I did that part and then we kind of lived together for another five. Oh no, it was much longer than that. I don't know, seven, eight months, seven months after that. So we did Christmas together. Oh, like that horrible. Yeah. Like, must've been really hard, but you, because probably because the lawyer said you had to, like, it was in the back of your mind, like this will be over soon. I yeah. just have to make it through this. Yeah. So actually I should say it was only maybe four months because we ended up living separately come that March break, because at oh, that okay. point, I think it was, maybe that was 2018. Yeah. So 2019 of March, we ended up yeah, actually not really, we've had the same house, but we ended up not living together. Um, so like whoever had our son at that time, cause we had our separation sort of the separation was starting, um, like I'd go to work and have a lawyer's appointment and then go home to him, like to the house. It was, it, I'm not really sure how I did it. I'm, I have no, no advice on that. I think I kind of just checked out of life and just did the day-to-day survival. Yeah. You're in survival. You're in survival mode. So you like, yeah, yeah. we did our best to like, you know, have, we didn't, I think we only fought once in front of my son. And I remember the one time I got really upset and I raised my voice and I looked over and my son was looking at me like saucer eyes, like what's going on. I was like, okay. (laughs) like this is not happening anymore like cuz i knew that i did not want his life to be completely dismantled just because our relationship wasn't working um but i mean there are times where i definitely would have wanted to say something and i don't regret not saying anything in those moments because it just wasn't worth it like i knew where i wanted to go and engaging in an argument with him about who was right and who was wrong and who started this and who did that was just for my mental peace. It was right. just not, not worth it. So we kind of just did our own things. And then that March, uh, whoever had our son would stay at the house. And then whoever was not with our son would, I stayed at my parents' house. He stayed at his parents' house. Then April, I got my own place. So I was traveling between three houses and it was from April till June. We ended up selling the house in June. It was, yeah, it was hard. We, it was, yeah. Yeah. You just challenging and, time. And I think the hardest part for me is um the lying, right? Like, and even all through that, knowing full well that we were getting separated, we were not gonna be together anymore. There was just so many lies, like lies about where he was going, who he was with, and like all these types of things that it's just not worth it. Like it it was it crushed me in terms of the trust factor and that has carried into, I know has carried into our co-parent into my co-parenting situation is that, you know, the lies that just still continue, definitely that's where the healing is really starting to have to work on me of navigating. Okay. Well, if you know, this is happening, how am I going to respond to it? Or if this is what's being said, what can I control with like in my world? 
Okay. So now you're like, you're out of the house, all the, like at one point it probably all like hits you that it's actually, cause you're in survival mode. I would say you're probably mm-hmm. in survival mode going through all those experiences, but eventually it's going to hit you. And how did you move forward? So I don't think I had like one big, like, oh my gosh, my world, you know, like, I don't think I had that moment. I think I let myself have those moments along the way. Along the I way. think, um, I grieved a little bit all of the time. Um, the first, I think it was that first week and I didn't have my son the very first weekend where I was at my parents' house and my son was with his dad and they were at our house, our house. Um, That was probably the first weekend where I spent three days just like, my mom was always like, oh, let's go for a walk or let's do this. And I was like, no, I just want to watch TV and sleep. That's all I did. Like I came and had dinner, but that first few days were just like, No, because I wasn't, I think by the time that that happened, I had grieved my relationship. Um, I had also started seeing a counselor. Um, I hadn't gone to a therapist yet. I had gone to a counselor Mm -hmm. um, and started talking about some stuff and just how things were happening. So I started to recognize that the things I had put my ex in this little box were, were all the reasons why. I was saving our relationship, you know, where I was the strong one. I was the one who was, you know, making everything work. So I kind of put him in this box where I can't push too hard. Like I can't, I have to keep it together because if I lose it, he's going to lose it because he is a rescuer. He is a caretaker. And if like, if I'm losing my shit, then like, I'm worried he's not going to do well. So it didn't really, like I grieved that part of it as we were going through it. And I think what it was, was because cheating for me was a line in the sand. There's lots of times where, because I post a lot about, you know, my life and right. where it is now. And I, and I start to go back to those places and I'm having a really hard time pulling on those times now because a, I do think there's lots of blocks still there of like connecting with that feeling of betrayal, uh, loss of trust, the grieving of a relationship, all those types of things. Um, but there's also that place now where I think I've forgiven him for the cheating. Because, and it takes a long time to get there, right? Right. Because I've forgiven him for the cheating because I don't want this to sound like, woo, but like I was a different person once I had a child that he was not prepared for. And I think also he wasn't getting what he needed from our relationship and he didn't know how to get out of it. And that was a way for him to get out of. And I honestly truly feel that he left all those things in our house or he left these clues for me to pick up on to make my decision. I don't think he consciously did it, but I think it was a lot for him and he didn't know what to do. And this person gave him what he needed. Right. And that's, you know, like, I mean, there's no conscious, like I'm going to cheat on my wife and like, you know, there's, I don't think there's an actual, you know, yeah. But I think that person was serving a purpose for him. He wasn't getting for me, but I'm okay with that now because you know what? That was his choice. Right. And that, that's a big step Mm -hmm. to get to. And to be honest, the forgiveness is not even about him. It's for you. Yes. And you know what? And it's, we've talked about this. So I do Reiki and I actually had a session this morning and we were talking about forgiveness this morning and there's still a lot you know, she's telling me there's still like, you know, those resentment pieces, that forgiveness piece. Um, I think what I have forgiven him is for the cheating, because I truly believe that I've forgiven him for his weakness. I've forgiven him for his lack of strength in the situation to know that I wasn't what he wanted anymore. 
you know, I feel like I've given that piece the forgiveness that it needs um, because I'm a better person now. I'm a different person and I would have never gotten to where I am had I stayed in that relationship. Had I stayed in that relationship, who knows? Like it might've gotten worse. He, you know, I don't know, but I've forgiven him for that because he's given me something that I didn't even know I needed or I wasn't getting with him. The part that this forgiveness is still coming from is still working on is that co-parenting piece that, and I don't even call it co-parenting. It's like the parallel parenting for me. That's where my headspace is, is there are things that happen as parents that, you know, we, we look at parenting differently and we are butting heads on a lot of things when it comes to situations like that. But that's where that forgiveness piece has to come from is still forgiving him for the choices that he's making because he's not growing. He's, right. he's yeah. kind of just shifted everything along, I feel like. And, you know, maybe he is growing and I just don't see it because I'm still seeing this person, this person who sends me nasty texts or this person who, you know, is, you know, coming at me and I, you know, maybe that's just my own blind spot, but that piece of the cheating part is forgiveness. I'm working on the healing piece of myself, of that little kid when you're younger and you learn all this trauma and, you know, the inability to trust and all those types of things that came out as my separation came out and my divorce, that I'm healing all of that. That's because it's for me and it's for my son. I need to be a good mom. I need to be a strong mom and spending time worrying about what my ex-husband is doing and all that stuff. Like I remember like when we first split and I'm sure I've read, I've heard this on a podcast and I know lots of moms (laughs) do this, right? You go scrolling, you ask all the people like what's happening over there. And like, you just, you're obsessed with it. Right. And that is a stage and that's a normal stage to go through, but it's not helping because you're still on that other piece of it. You're still on the, like that old you who was in that relationship. Right. Um, And realistically, like I had to talk to my lawyer a couple of times and say like, do I have any rights to this? Do I have this conversation? Can I have this conversation? And I think that's what gave me kind of the ability to let go of some stuff, right? Like, no, I don't get to tell him that. Or no, he doesn't get to talk to me like that. Like, this is where the line is. And, you know, now it's taken a lot of work. Like, I'm pretty (laughs) self-reflective. I'm pretty hard on myself. Um, I listen to podcasts all the time. I do a lot of reading. I've gone to therapy, um, lots of different kinds of therapy. I've had a coach before. Like, so, you know, it, it sounds like, oh yeah, she's doing great. I have my shitty days too. Yesterday was one of them. Like when you have kids with someone, it's yeah. Yeah. Part of the healing journey, especially like I am, I tell people 95% of the time I'm happy go, you know, and then there's the days where I go in to see my spiritual healer and I'm bent over bawling my eyes out. Yeah. Because, and I think that's part of it. Like, and like you said, if you haven't gone through it, it's really hard to describe it to someone like becoming a mom. Like we could tell you, you don't sleep, but like, sometimes you do, but then it's like, okay, well, those are all the mental thoughts. It's the same thing with a separation and a divorce. If you've never gone through it, everyone's different. Like we were, you know, we were in a, we did it in a year, less than a year. Some people take years to do it. Some people take months. Like it's, and you know, we were lucky in that our separation was pretty easy of that. The financial situation was fine, right? Like we didn't have to worry about child support or alimony or anything like that. Like, so that took a big stressor off everybody's plate. It was just figuring out what was going to happen with my son. And for me, that was the really hard part because I think we, as moms look at us as like, we are that kid's person, right? (laughs) Right. Like, yeah. Oh, sometimes, sometimes we do forget that dads do have a really big role. Like, yeah. And sometimes, and I think that was also part of it, right. Is like, you know, for the first year I was home and he was working and I was up five out of seven nights while well, you got to sleep. And whether you tell me you heard the baby or not, I'm still awake three times a night. Right. Like, yeah. so you feel like that, 
you know, you're doing all this work, like for that first year, you're putting in all the time, you're doing all the emotional stuff you're doing. And then that's what happens. You're, and it's, it's a lot of healing of anger and grief. Like I didn't even realize grief was part of it until months into it where you're like, I'm not just grieving the loss of my relationship. I'm grieving the rest of my life. Like I thought that was where my life was going. Like I thought we were we could possibly have another baby or we would do these things or we would be here in five years. Oh, no, no, no. Like that life, it's done. Like that's not going to happen. And, you know, trying to figure out what that new part looks like can be so overwhelming. Oh, for sure. I remember I was so angry after Mm -hmm. because I would, I went through a separation and I just remember thinking you fucked everything up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for my story, it's way different. There was, there was no, there was no cheating or anything. And there, it, for us, there's two people. We just were yeah. two di- going two different ways. However, when I, when it first happened, I fucking blamed him oh. for everything. Yeah. So, and that's a piece that I did want to say, cause I remember in the beginning, I did the beginning part too. I was like, F you and F this and you're, I can't believe this. You told me you were here and here you are doing that. And, blah, 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 blah. and like, whatever, that's normal, right? Like, of right. course you're going to like, because you're hurting because you're yes. so hurt and yes. anger is the easiest emotion to yes. express. And then it does take some time. And this is where I think a lot of people get stuck. Um, there's two people in a relationship. Yeah. You know, like. And it sucks to look in the mirror and be like, oh, yeah, that's hard. You know, where's my role in this? Yeah. And, you know, like I've done some hard conversations with myself. I will never admit to them. <laughs> but, you know, I know my role in that situation. Like when he says to me, you never let me do this. Well, he's right. Because I did not have enough trust in him that he could do it the way I would do it. Or I didn't have enough trust in my own feelings or enough trust in him that he would be able to handle my feelings. Those types of things, right? Like, so I get it. That's why I think I've forgiven him for that cheating piece of it because I've accepted my role in that. Mm. Do I forgive him for actually doing it and accepting it? That's a different story. You know, like I'm not ever going to validate saying, oh, good for you. You found someone you love now. That's more than me. Like, I'm never going to say that because. I, I do honestly want him to be happy. I want him to be happy for my son's sake, right? Like right. happy parents are really good for kids. Um, there's lots of things I do that I don't want to do because they're good for my son, right? Like, and it's taken a long time to get there. Um, and there's still lots of times where I'm like, no, F you, I'm not doing that. Like, you know, like, of course, like that's natural. You're, I am still hurt by your choice. but. I think when we do look in the mirror and we start to take ownership of our role, it not only kind of heals some of those things in the past, makes you more reflective of what's going to happen in your future and what's coming, right? Like right. Yeah, the things that he told me, you know, where we were struggling with, yeah, those are my issues. And I don't want to carry them on to my next relationship. Where You should be so proud of yourself for looking in the mirror and doing the things that you needed to do to grow and to heal in order to get you to where you are today. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I mean, even from now until last year, it's a drastically different place. Um, And actually it's even in the last month or so, like people are noticing things, right? Because I've just shifted my focus and my energy to what I want and what's going to make me happy. And you know, spending time with my child and making sure he's happy and kind of not ignoring the other part of it, but just not making it a priority because that's not my life. You know, like that's Mm -hmm. as long as he's happy and taken care of and, you know, trying to model that good parenting skills that he's going to feel safe talking about whatever here, or he's going to be able to be able to talk about both houses without feeling like one parent's more upset or anything like that. Like those are the things that you really, if you have kids that you really need to focus on. And I mean, I hear all these podcasts of like, Oh, my ex and I were, we have a great co-parenting relationship. And I'm like, Oh, that's wonderful for you. You know, like I am truly happy that you got to a place where you can actually have those conversations. Um, and I think too, also over the 
last year, like, cause we've been divorced or separated since 2019, basically. Uh-huh. Um, so a couple of years now, you know, I've come to realize that people actually don't really change unless they're putting in the active work. And oh, yes, you right? have to do the work or you don't change because your subconscious mind controls you. Right. And so in terms of how I communicate with my ex, I know I've changed because his responses are much different. Not positive. I will say that because I'm not just being the welcome mat, right? Like I'm not just taking it. You're like, no, this is my boundary, you know, like, and I communicate those, like, I would like you to stop texting me about this unless there is an emergency with our child, right? Like there's times where you reach your breaking point. Um, and I really am conscious of how I talk because we do communicate over text. I'm really conscious of the way I talk of that. You know, lots of people suggest that you don't do that. You do it through email with like a third party, or you actually have like a conversation at like the end of the month or whatever. We haven't gotten there yet. We're not there for that yet. Um, but just I'm conscious of, okay, what do I need to happen to make myself feel better about this situation for our son? You know, right. and you know, just being really, uh, and I always try and live by the model of I'm going to model the behavior I want, you know, like I'm going to respond in a way I would like to be responded back with. I would like to have, you know, you not talk to me and swear at me. I'd really like that. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So I'm not going to do that to you. Those types of things. Like, and yeah. I think, you know, it, it's, I'm still a work in progress. Like we are still navigating. We have a young child, right? right. There's still and, lots of big bumps to go. Right. And I totally understand because it's taken me and my, my ex with my daughter, uh, like to get to where we are today, it's taken us lots of bumps in the road. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I it, think it's, I think it's also, I mean, I was talking today with the girl who does my Reiki and she's like, sometimes you just have to reevaluate those boundaries and restructure what that looks like. And that's okay. You know, like if it's working right now, awesome. If it doesn't work next week, maybe it's time to look at why you put those things in place. And I mean, that's what you should be doing all the time anyway. So you do, do you have an article? Did you write an article? Yes. Okay. Um, so I didn't write an article actually, um, last summer I kind of needed something big to be like, you know what? I'm done with this BS anymore. Like kind of an empower session. So we did a photo shoot, my friend Candace and I wonderful photographer. Um, and we had done this photo shoot with kind of like this new person. So there's a couple of, um, actually they're out on the internet. <laughs> there's one shot of got like all dolled up in her backyard, black dress coming out of green smoke. So for her, um, green is sort of, she found out the meaning like new beginning and all this kind of things. Right. So, um, CBC London actually picked it up and saw uh-huh. the photo. So they called us to do an interview. So there is an article. So there's a link on my, um, uh, my Instagram bio for it. And okay. it's an interview that we did just talking about the idea of empowerment shoots. Um, Candace is really, you know, wanting to do those types of things as well of like just closing the door to the crap, whatever situation it was to start something new, like to memorialize it, to cut, not memorialize, it sounds like I'm dying, but I guess so. Like that old part of me is dead, I guess. But yeah, just to have some nice photos of yourself in a place where you feel good about yourself. So right. I did that last summer and yeah, it was great. Like Rebecca picked it up. She did a, we did a radio interview and she wrote a little article about it. So that's amazing. So cause yeah. if any of the followers are like, you know what I want to learn more about or because I know you post also on social media. Yeah. So I will actually put your stuff in the show notes for anybody that wants to go follow you or maybe awesome. read your article or yeah. can they message you if they have any questions? Of course. Now, uh, you know, I can only speak from my experience. I'm definitely not an expert on anything, but I have a good ear. Um, yeah. Like, and I was listening to a podcast today and you can't talk to someone who doesn't have the experience, right? Like, and I right. think we all know that when you've been through situations, you want to look for those people who can give you the affirmation that you're doing the right things or, oh my gosh, yeah, that happened to me too. Or we're in that right now. What did you do sort of thing? So of course, like, you know, I'm, <laughs> I am a teacher too. So, you know, there's lots of teacher stuff up there too. So <laughs> I am trying to like 
And that's an interesting thing because social media, I didn't even want to post anything about my story in the beginning because I was kind of embarrassed and shameful about it. But once you realize that, you know, you kind of let go of that, people need to hear. And I think we've talked about this and sort of your idea of your podcast of not being alone. And that's when I started posting, that was my reason for posting as well. I just, I felt so, so alone that I didn't have anyone to reach out to. And in the moments when I was lying on my bedroom floor crying, I have some, a couple of good girlfriends that have gone through that and they've been amazing. Mm -hmm. But in the moments that, you know, you're just like, I don't, what did I do? Like, what did I do to deserve this? And, you know, it's yes, definitely, you know, having as many people to talk to about it is helpful and gives you that, you know, encouragement that you can do it. Right. All right. Well, thank you so, thank so, you. so much for coming on. It was amazing because I'd heard bits and chunks of your story, but I didn't know the whole thing. And so thank you so much because I know yes, it will thank help you help so many people just even your mindset and where you like where you were like the middle part and then how you are now is so helpful for others so thank you definitely a journey thank you thank you so much thank you so much for listening to today's episode and following along i would love to hear what you have found most valuable in today's episode please leave a review here on the podcast so that I can keep sharing these amazing tools and knowledge that I pick up along the way on my healing journey. If you are not already following me on social media, join me there where I share my daily life and inspiration throughout the day by following Holly Finucane on Instagram or Facebook. I love each and every single one of you and I believe we all have the power and the ability to heal. I can't wait to connect with you and hear how your healing journey is going. Make sure to go out there and spread some love and kindness throughout the day. Love you all.